Welcome to Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Kogel, and today a funny, memorable new romantic comedy I think could be a game changer for Hollywood. It's a film I really want everyone to see, and it's called Crazy Rich Asians. I'm wine expert Haley Hamilton Kogel. Lavish life deserves a lavish beverage, which is also well represented throughout this film. Today we'll toast champagne. More on that in just a bit. But first, Gary, let's discuss the film. Okay, we saw the film together. Yeah. I'm I'm loving this film. Yeah. I love every minute of this film. And I'm the first to admit that it's a formula movie. Mm-hmm. This movie's been made a thousand times, mm-hmm. but rarely. Uh, and I also walked out and I... I had the same feeling when I walked out of um, my big fat Greek wedding. This is a, a little bit crazier than that. Mm-hmm. And a much higher budget. This is a big budget movie. Yeah. But I walked out kind of feeling the same way, that it has this charm based on all the characters that are in it and the way it kind of plays out, even though I've seen the same story a million times. It's directed by this guy named John Chu. Uh, by the way, most of these actors, a, a few of them I slightly know. I've seen them on television shows and in movies. But most of them I don't know, and they're all fresh faces. It's an Asian-American film. It's, it reminds me a little bit of uh, when, when Amy Tan did The Joy Luck Club, which is based on her book. It's a Wayne Wang fan, a film years ago that had an all-Asian-American cast. We don't see this very often. But it's directed by this guy that did the Justin Bieber movie, <laughs> Believer, and he did Step Up 2 and 3. So it's like when Frank Darabont did all these horror movies, and then he did... Shawshank Redemption. All, right. All of a sudden, here comes this guy, and he makes this just wonderful film. And it stars Constant Wu as Rachel and Henry Golding as Nick Young. Both of them I'm slightly familiar with, her, but they're, they're pretty new faces for me. And the story is they've been dating in Manhattan for over a year. They're in love with each other. And then he has to go to Singapore for a family wedding. And the big surprise is that he's extremely, extremely, outrageously crazy wealthy. And that she didn't know about this for a year is really odd. Yeah, like, don't you Google him? I mean, come on. (laughs) Would you Google him once? Once again, we've seen this movie a million times. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was weird because even in the opening scene of the movie, people are taking pictures of him because they know him. Right. And she's very bright. I mean, she's, uh, she's what, an economics, economics professor, professor at, at NYU. NYU. Yeah, at NYU. <laughs> again, don't you Google? <laughs> yeah, don't you Google a guy? And they've been together a year. And so they go. So the whole story, this you know, formula story, is she goes back to Singapore, and ninety percent of the film is shot on the streets of Singapore, uh, which I've never really seen like this mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. A lot of it in broad daylight, and you, you kind of see the city in a different view than I've ever thought. I've, I have no idea what I thought other than I've seen, I've seen a lot of that in nighttime shots in action Asian action films mm-hmm. by John Woo or some other directors. But so they have this week long celebration leading up to the wedding. And of course, they all think she's a gold digger, but she's not. She's a really sweet person. Mm-hmm. And he's a really sweet guy. Mm-hmm. These are two, like my big fat Greek wedding, whatever is going on around them. These are two genuinely, I was genuinely interested in both of these people because I think kindness is really hard to play in films. Mm-hmm. And most of it comes off really stupid. But kindness in this movie, it's rampant with it. It's really cool to see. And so, Every, I'm watching this movie, and it's so Western, even though it takes place in Singapore. I mean, it's all about Botox, facelifts, handbags, rich, going yes. to parties, going to the spa. It's all about uh, you know, the Western influences. This is really amazing. And I don't know how, other than they do eat some street food here and there, but they make the comment, even when they go to an outdoor street food vendor, that 
This is the only place in the world where uh, street vendors earn Michelin stars. Mm -hmm. So the food is really cool. Yeah, that was actually probably my favorite scene in the 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 film and it took place pretty early on was just them arriving in Singapore and and having this this really cool kind of market experience because that's that's half the fun you know food is nicely represented in this film I think there's also a nice scene of of making dumplings with the grandmother and Mm -hmm. and and that's kind of the heritage and the the lifestyle and so you do get that kind of of influence from kind of a very Asian influence there. They're drinking um, wine a lot in the movie too. Yeah, they, a lot of they, red well, wine they, they, in I, I think so. I think it's red wine. I I saw a lot of of ornate um, purple and gold colored glasses. I saw a lot of champagne. They yeah. referenced champagne a lot, which you're is right. They were we'll drinking bubbly a lot yeah. to champagne in a bit. Um, but there's there's definitely a, a lot of really interesting food that I thought. Felt fun. It felt kind of Bollywood to me. There's as a little well. bit of Bollywood. I mean, going it just because it is. It's very kind of westernized, over the top. Um, a lot of dancing this, with this kind of Asian flair, which um, which was yeah. I, it was very fun. It was super fun, super super easy. Here's why know. I think this movie is significant because there's a lot of people that go to the movies in this country anyway and do not see themselves depicted on screen. And when they do, it's usually one sidebar character. Or it's the movie's not really about them, and so here's an entire American Asian film with an entire Asian American community of actors and performers and a director, and and it celebrates them, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not trying to be it's not trying to be a, a an accurate street level. This is the opposite of that. This is like watching an Asian American version of Pretty Women. I mean, they, when they go shopping, they go crazy shopping. And these people have so much wealth. And they make fun of that. There's that great scene. I think there's a great little scene early on where she goes to her friend's house. And, and the house is full of um, just horrible, gaudy... <laughs> I think it was designed after Donald Trump's bathroom. Well, they say that in the movie. This, our house was designed after... Don- and it's all gold. And it's all gold. And it's all gilded. <laughs> and they're wearing... $2,000 Versace dresses. Versace athletic, <laughs> casual athletic wear, yeah. you know, and they're all over the top and they have servants all over and they're hilarious. I think the best, one of the best characters in the film is the friend, is mm-hmm. the girlfriend to, to Rachel. And uh, she's been on some American television shows. They make fun of her in the movie and they call her the Asian, um, um, oh, what's the talk show host? Ellen. Ellen DeGeneres. Yes. And she is, and she's wickedly funny. And I, I think she's great in this. That's possibly an Oscar nomination for me, uh, at least in, in comedy. I'm going to say that a couple other things. I think these are the hardest kinds of films to pull off, that it's easier to pull off a really good, hard-hitting drama than it is to pull off a lighthearted romantic comedy. To me, they're the hardest kinds of movies to make because the tone is always wrong. And this has a, a tone that's really interesting, and it's all-inclusive. And it and it reminded me of Nancy Myers movies. Who, who Nancy Myers did what what women want or what men was it what men want the Mel Gibson movie. I think it's what women want. What women want. I think so. Yeah, and she also did um, It's Complicated and Father of the Bride and Something's Got to Give. She did The Parent Trap, and this has that kind of interesting tone that just when you think it's just always going to be a cliche, somebody says something interesting and smart. Is it smart? And slightly enlightened. So I, I walked out. The more I think about this film, the better it gets. And I think it's 
maybe on the verge of making a ton of money, and I hope it does. I hope it does. Yeah. I agree. Also, wasn't it the most over-the-top wedding I've almost ever seen in a movie? Probably. I've seen, we've seen a lot of wild, crazy, well, wild and crazy, because it fits the tone of this movie. I I was going to say, I think the wedding they said cost $45 million. So, yes, if that's the the bar, then that's pretty I didn't hear that. Did they say that in the movie? Something like that. I think I, yeah. Something they like blow that. fireworks off the top of all of downtown Singapore. <laughs> Which, of course you do. I mean, why wouldn't you? If you own half of Singapore, why wouldn't you the just... The fireworks would have cost $5 million. Yeah, I mean... Just what's in the movie. Might, yeah. It might even be superimposed fireworks. <laughs> it might, it might be I special. I assume that's effects. probably... <laughs> anyway, it's over the top, and it's lavish, and they're, they're drinking and dancing, and I just had a ball. I kind of didn't want it to end, actually. It was really, yes, I agree. Yeah. It was a very, very fine, super, you know, and, and I'm sure it will, especially this time of year, make a, make a lot of money. I hope so. I hope, I hope it just opens huge. So to pair, we've talked a lot about bubbles lately. I uh, had a, a great discussion on Prosecco last week, mm-hmm. toasting cava, but, you know, none are as fine as classic champagne. Um, the most expensive in the world, um, I thought would be appropriate, which is, Ooh, what is it? Ace of Spades. It's Armand de Brignac. It's which, called Ace of Spades. Well, it's that's what it's kind of referred to as because if you've seen the bottle, it has a big black Ace of Spades okay. on the bottle, and so that's kind of the 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 word for it. It's Armand de Brignac, and I'm sorry, I'm not French if I've just destroyed that name, um, but it's it's. Three hundred plus dollars a bottle, depending upon which one. There are five different, um, five different bubbles, champagnes that are made: uh, Blanc de Blanc, uh, Classic Brut, Rosé, etc. Um, it's one of the most popular brands, also because in two thousand fourteen, Jay Z bought it, and Jay-Z? he kind of helped uh, spread the word on on this. And there was wow. kind of a, a hubbub of how he got to that. And basically he had been promoting another product that kind of, um, came out with some slanderous things about him. And so he said, no more about you. We're going to now buy this Ace of Spades product. And, and the nice thing about this is you can have a, an endorsement on a product and sometimes it can be dreadful. I mean, there are lots of, there there are lots of celebrities out there um, promoting various wines that I would never, I would, I would never dream of drinking. Um, Thankfully, this is this is one that I would be thrilled to drink because the um, just the quality that goes into the actual production is there. It's a the family has been producing wine since the 1700s. All of it is um, from most of it is from fruit that is grown on their own um, in their own vineyards, which is kind of different for. Um, for a lot of, of, you know, a lot of Burgundy um, wines are produced, which Champagne is obviously in the Burgundy region, uh, is from is from fruit that is purchased from various different estates and then kind of blended to make the perfect cuvee. And they, they do buy a little bit of fruit, but predominantly the fruit for Ace of Spades is from their 90 plus acres of of vineyards that they handpick. Um, every single bottle is handled by at least 10 different te- team members before it leaves the facility, um, including their 13th and 14th family generation winemakers. Wow. Um, it's, it's, it's that kind of, it's that kind of 
high quality, really, really special traditional method, beautiful champagne that, that, you know, you kind of want to toast and celebrate, especially with something as fun as this. It's crazy rich Asian. So Beyonce probably drinks this. I bet she does. I bet they both do a lot. And I want them to. So they're probably not making a hundred thousand cases if they only have that much property. No, it's, 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 it's smaller. Well, it's not smaller production because that's still, you know, 90 acres is still a, a, yeah, Yeah. is, is, is still a, a good amount. I think it's just the quality of it makes it, um, kind of, if you're you're probably not drinking this every day, it would yeah. be that special occasion bottle. Um, in 2009, it was the number one champagne um, in the world. I, you know, in, in Crazy Rich Asians, they they never showed a bottle that I right. remember. I, yeah. there wasn't, no, they just had lots that wasn't of a movie of product placement right. at all. Yeah, which it could have been, but it wasn't. Yeah, and but they, it's interesting though because they it wasn't a movie of product placement, but they did as they showed the skyline of Singapore. You saw building names, which that was product placement. You yes. can absolutely say. Like okay, that guy paid to make sure his that logo was shown. So yeah. there was a little bit of it. Yeah, but but not in the alcohol. So I'm just going to assume that the crazy rich Asians drank this champagne. Uh, why wouldn't you? Of course. Okay, that works for me. <laughs> hey, when we come back on Kogel Wine and Film, a perfect pairing. Watching Crazy Rich Asians got us to thinking about some other romantic comedies. And what's your favorite? We're going to share with you some of ours, and we will be right back. The past few weeks, we've been talking about a new website for wine lovers that both of us just love. It's called Wine Access. Over the years, Gary and I have found the best wines come from winemakers with passion, making premium quality, small case production wines. But often these are impossible to find wines also. And that's exactly why we want you to know about this website. It's called Wine Access. They make it so easy to find these delicious, and I like the word handcrafted wines, that we know you're going to love. Yes, like some incredible champagnes that compare beautifully with crazy rich Asians, like <laughs> favorites from Louis Roeder and Billicard Salmon, but also incredibly special Michel Turgi Champagne Blanc de Blanc Grand Cru from 100% Grand Cru fruit, very expressive, vibrant, fresh and tiny production, something that you wouldn't find everywhere else. And here's the deal. Wine Access is a team of wine experts who taste thousands of bottles every year, from well-known wineries to the small, hidden gems from all over the world. And through a carefully curated process, Wine Access hand-selects the very best to offer all of us. Wines that over-deliver in value, tasting as though they cost twice as much. And they'll share their full story with you on these high-quality wines. That's something I love, where the wine comes from, who makes it, why each of these wines are so special. And we're so excited about this company and their mission that we want you to try Wine Access too. So we've arranged an exclusive, limited-time offer. You're going to get 20% off these great wines that already over-deliver on price, You can order as many bottles as you like, but to take advantage of this offer, you must go now to our special URL. It's wineaccess.com slash Cogill. Yes, for full details, go to our special website, wineaccess.com slash Cogill. This 20% offer won't last long, so go right now. It's wineaccess.com slash Cogill, C-O-G-I-L-L. Welcome back to Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, where we're talking about the unique experience of watching, I think, a groundbreaking romantic comedy. It's called Crazy Rich Asians, which got us both to thinking about some of the other romantic comedies in our own past. And Haley, when I say romantic comedy, what movies come to mind for you? 
Well, I think movies, it's interesting because I started thinking about this yesterday also after we watched the film. And I don't know if it's necessarily a romantic comedy, but I think, you know, something like Shakespeare in Love, but maybe that's because I also love a good period piece. And, no, I think that film, uh, that's But it's not really a comedy. Best. Yes, it is. But it's a romantic period piece. Yeah, but there's a whole bunch of comedy <laughs> in it. And Jeffrey it has, Rush is hilarious yes. in that movie. And it's just like the fact that... I mean, obviously, it, Gwyneth won her Oscar for it, so it's definitely an Oscar-worthy film. Yeah. But like, it's also such a, a sweet movie that I don't think you see made a lot now. And the the caliber of of people that they got to, to be a part of of that film is just you know everybody in that film. Is it's great. incredible. Yeah, even, even Ben, ben Affleck. Ben Affleck great. did not ruin that film. He tried really. It's <laughs> hilarious. We just said. Well, that. that was back when Ben Affleck was kind of awkward. <laughs> yes. You know. Um, you know. We. I'm not going to bring up Gigli. I'm just not going to bring all that stuff up. But he's really good in that film, and he works because he's kind of a vain. That, exactly. He's kind of because vain of what guy. he's playing. You know, he's trying to make it work. I love that film so much. And what what that. That movie not only won Gwyneth Paltrow an Oscar, but it won Best Picture. Right. It did not win Best Director because Spielberg won for Saving Private Ryan. Right. And that was one of the big shocks yeah. of the Oscars. But I will say that I'll watch Shakespeare in Love more than I'll watch Saving Private Ryan. Well, yeah. Because they're two yeah. totally <laughs> opposite films. Oh, listen, I'll watch, I'll watch the first 20 minutes of Saving Private Ryan anytime. But yeah. So that, that's one. Can I throw one out? Yeah. Tootsie. And Tootsie was 1982. It's directed by Sidney Pollack. It's it's really getting older now. Um, I love this film. I think it's one of the great performances by Bill Murray, who's Dustin Hoffman's roommate mm-hmm. in Tootsie. And I, there's something about this movie that I find really endearing and beautiful. I find it, yes, romantic in a weird way. And I think it's one of the greatest comedies ever made. A lot of people think Some Like It's Hot. Some Like It Hot, uh, Billy Wilder's film is the greatest comedy ever made. I don't know. That could be true. But Tootsie's that whole experience for me. I just, I get wrapped up in the film to make that work, to make Dustin Hoffman actually dress as a woman like Robin Williams did in Mrs. Doubtfire Mm -hmm. and actually work Mm -hmm. rather than look stupid is amazing. And I think they're doing the Broadway musical version of Tootsie now. It's getting ready to open. But Hoffman is so great in that film. And Sidney Pollack, the director's in it. He plays his agent yeah. who sits there at the at the Russian tea room and tries to talk him out of things. So uh, that movie to me just kind of kind of jumps out. When I think of great romantic comedies, I think of Tootsie. What I think when you? both of us like Something's Got to Give, you brought up Nancy Myers earlier. Yes, I did. That's such a anytime that comes on, I'll watch that also. Diane Keaton. It's and a stop down movie. Isn't yeah, it? it's just it's. That's one of my favorites. I think she's luminescent in mm-hmm. that movie. Mm-hmm. She's so good in that. He is so good in that movie. And then also, who knew that Keanu Reeves would be that good <laughs> in a, in that movie? He's so good in that movie. I everything about it. I, I I wait for a couple moments in that film. One one is you know he keeps going to the hospital with heart attacks, and Keanu Reeves is the doctor that always treats him. But it's a scene where they finally couple and get together mm-hmm. and. He's like ripping off her top. Just cut it. Just cut it. Just cut it. And, she's, <laughs> and the camera angles, you know, that's a Nancy Myers movie. And that's why when, when I reference Crazy Rich Asians, I think uh, Something's Got to Give us a better film, uh-huh. much better film than Crazy Rich Asians. But there's that style that kind of looks and feels like that. I also liked um, an, another film with Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt, who won the Oscar for it. It's called As Good As It Gets, where he played that really difficult 
guy mm -hmm. that she was in love with and that helped her. And But I find that that's a James Brooks movie who did Broadcast News in terms of endearment. I think it's one of his best films. Greg Kinnear was in that film. Mm -hmm. He uh, It was kind of his, well, kind of a start, right? That was kind of his first He made three big... or four films, but that was the first big yeah. film. And he was nominated for an Academy yeah. Award for that film. I think everybody got nominated for that film, including James L. Brooks. But as good as it gets, I mean, Helen Hunt's won two Oscars. Mm -hmm. and she's really good in this movie. I, there's something about it that works for me. Anything else for you? Yeah, I think we, again, I don't know if it's technically a romantic comedy. It is if you think it is. Well, it, but it's it just makes me happy, and it makes me, it's it's like a love letter to a city, and that's Midnight in Paris, and... And it's kind of the end of the last scene of, of Something's Gotta Give is probably one of my favorites where they're having dinner together in, in Paris. And, and you know, that to me is, is kind of the joy of, of what Paris is. It's, it's, it's sitting in a cafe and having lots of wine and celebration. And that's why I think Midnight Paris, like every, every part of that film, it's like a love letter to the city and mm -hmm. the history and the... And and the everything that's happened through the years of having all of these great artists and writers kind of find their voice and and you know have have the city almost be their muse, which I I find very romantic. It's the all time money maker for Woody Allen. I love that. I see why. Like I said, I think I said on the show last week, I watch it every time. I watched it on the, the plane. I think I watched it twice on this last trip. Just because, I mean, it's, you know, it's joyful. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. I, I think it was so lighthearted when it came out. I remember sitting in the movie theater, first watching it, going, wow, wasn't that great? Mm -hmm. Wasn't that great? Because we don't say that about Woody Allen's, every Woody Allen movie. We said that about every Woody Allen movie in the 90s, but we don't say it now. Mm -hmm. But it's just, I think it's a gem. And the great star is Owen Wilson. Oh, my gosh, that Owen Wilson <laughs> would star in the highest grossing Woody Allen movie of all time. Just has That's trouble. That's great, Gary. So I brought I bring up Amelie a lot, and because I think Amelie is a great film, and it's a French film, and it's just everything that romantic movies are about to me. That it's brilliant. But I I have a guilty pleasure. It's the remake of Sabrina with Greg Kinnear and Harrison Ford, and I've always liked that film. Who's the girl in that? Um, I have to think about Julia it. Ormond. Yeah, Julia Ormond. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've always liked that remake because. The original to me was never, it was okay. Oh, I loved the original. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yes. But for some reason, I always Audrey connected. Hepburn. Well, yes, but I always connected with the remake more than I did the original, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Because I, I just like Julia Ormond so much mm -hmm. in that movie, and I, I like the story of that movie. And it and it it all when it comes down I kind of still stop down and then of course every Meg Ryan movie I was gonna say then you made. have like a little You've Got Mail because we watched You've Got Mail the other day because it was on and you know that was something that's my one of my parents' favorites that's a that's a stop down for Mom and Roll You've Got Mail yes like anytime it comes on they'll they'll stop and watch it. I'll stop and watch Sleepless in Seattle whenever it's on interesting yeah I like You've Got I'll Mail watch more. that and I'll watch uh, When Harry Met Sally mm -hmm. but Harry Met Sally's starting to get a little older now but man there's moments in that film of course. French Kiss mm -hmm. with Kevin Klein and Meg Ryan. There's always that scene where they're standing and you see the Eiffel Tower literally mm -hmm. light up behind mm -hmm. them on cue, mm -hmm. which is always kind of fun. Hey, I like that. It's Crazy Rich Asians kind of inspired us to talk about other films. And I like that idea. So good job. Yeah. Yeah. 
happy romantic. Go watch a romantic a romantic film. Let's watch Amelie some night. Absolutely. And drink French wine. Absolutely. Okay. That seems appropriate. Um, next week, we're going to have more great films and wines that will pair. But for more on what we've discussed today, I know Gary's going to have a full review on Crazy Rich Asians up on our blog, cogillconsulting.com, or... Follow us through Facebook. Be sure to follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill to see what we're drinking now. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill. As usual, I'm looking for the next great film. I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Aloha.